everybody, the SWP is brought to you by Jim K. Ford and All Insurance Ontario. You've heard a lot from me over the last three years, and I think I can help you. My goal is to save you money, and I'll make it easy, too. I won't waste your time with 25 questions about whether you got your G1 on a Tuesday or a Friday. Text QUOTE to 860-6008 to get started. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford Lincoln is turning 40, and to celebrate, they're giving you a gift. It's Truck Days, and to thank you for 40 years of support, Jim K. is offering up to $3,000 in factory order rebates. No matter what it is you have to do, make, move, or create, there's a Ford truck built for you. Come celebrate four decades of Jim K. by ordering your brand new Maverick, Ranger, or F-150 your way. Secure your order today. Get started at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! The SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SWP. It is Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. Talking sports and whatever here on Friday, November 11th, Remembrance Day. And I know, James, you'll join me in thanking our veterans from all the wars, all the conflicts who helped preserve freedom that all Canadians enjoy today. And uh, I don't know, anybody you thinking about in particular on this day? Well, I, I, I do. Um, what, what does come to mind is we, we are probably going to be alive. Uh, ho- hopefully, you and I will remain alive when there's no more veterans. Um, you know, I'm saying hopefully we're alive, but but hopefully there's a, you know, veterans last longer. Uh, if you think of the if you think of the war, 1939 to 44, 45, uh, if that if that guy's, you know, if a guy is 17 or something, uh, in that war, that that means, uh, born you know born in 1922, Steve. Right, if you went to mm-hmm. war at thirty nine, so uh, and anyone older would be older than a hundred. So that's what strikes me the most is that there's probably not many left. Yeah, uh, certainly from World War Two. I mean, there's been conflict and war since, but yeah, if yeah. you're sp- speaking specifically of the Second World War, you know, I think my dad was, uh, you know, he's no no longer with us, and uh, he'd be eighty two this year, and uh, he was like, I think one. When World right. War II started, so kind of give you a barometer of the ages for sure. And uh, yeah, it's um, I think of just people that from my family that were engaged in the war that uh, that I never even had a chance to meet. Um, mm-hmm. My un- my uncle Sterling, he uh, he was unfortunately killed by a friendly fire, I believe, in the final stages of Canadian troops helping with the liberation of Holland. Mm-hmm. That was always a kind of a a discussion JR and I would have about this day in that uh, his, I think his grandfather was uh, like when the Nazis were rolling through in tanks, like they're throwing tomatoes at them. Like they had nothing. And so when the Canadian troops came in and liberated Holland, that was obviously a massive, massive thing. It's the reason why we have the tulip festival every year here in Ottawa. Yeah. It's uh, coincidental uh, that you mentioned that because I am doing a life story of a couple who are from Holland. Uh, they are 88 years old. They were born in 1934. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you talked about the invasion of Holland, you know, by by the Germans, uh, 
um, they they had some eye opening stories about that. They were they were slightly removed. Their town uh, was sort of slight, like fifty miles away from where where the action was happening. Um, so, but but oh my God, is that ever eye opening? Uh, t- talking about uh, Jewish families who were there, um, and he he recalls days where uh, he was he was telling me Hank is his name mm-hmm. um, where he was telling me he would see Jewish families you know walking down the street with all their suitcases leaving their homes you know to get getting out of Holland uh, the, the Germans came in and took everything that they had at first so they they would first of all they took over all the schools to to house their soldiers uh and then if you were you know there's a lot of cattle farming going on in this in this town uh and they would just come and take all your cattle leave, leave you with nothing uh he remembers jewish families hiding uh back back in that day uh and and he knew several of them and i i, I was just sort of gripped by this story you know yeah uh, so, so every remembrance day I go to a, a place of, oh my God, are we lucky? Yeah, you know, are, are we, you and I? Uh, you know, it's at, what were we doing at twenty years old? You know, uh, and I look at that and go, holy man, oh man, I can't. Like several times, I've, I've when I'm doing this story, I've got to sort of stop down to regroup uh, for a minute to try and just get my head around the fact that he. Uh, on occasion, they had to, you know, you had to, all the lights had to go out, Steve. Okay, you couldn't have a light on at night, um, you know, curfews. And uh, and then I was just trying to get my head around when he was 12 or 13 years old, that he was sent up a water tower, but there was a big water tower in the in the town he lived in, to, to act as a watch for Germans coming in, you wow. know. At, at 12, 13 years old, you know, and I'm saying, holy man, holy man. I can't, like I say, I can't even, can't even get my head around it, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I think of the most, um, where I was at the age of those guys when they were going to war, what, what I was doing, you know, or right. my kids now. Yeah, and you're right about the lucky to be alive part of it. I think about that. I, I go through this whole stream of consciousness about thinking about, um, my grandfather's eldest son, who would be my uncle again, I never met him. I don't think my mom even met him. And it was, uh, and then I think about my grandfather and what he had to deal with because for, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievably heartbreaking to lose your eldest son. But my grandfather actually, he grew up out in New Brunswick in Campbellton. And when he was a young man, he had uh, taken a wife and they had a child. And that child was my uncle Sterling, who would later perish in the World War II. But his wife at the time, um, she he was away at work in his early 20s. And his wife and her sister decided to hike up Sugarloaf Mountain in Campbellton, New Brunswick. Oh. And they both, they both accidentally fell and perished. They died oh in God. a fall off. Yeah. And so they still to this day paint a big white cross on the side of Campbellton, uh, on the side of Sugarloaf Mountain, and it, it's it's pretty incredible. 
But then my grandfather, you know, he's got his young son and tries to regroup, moves to Low Quebec, meets my grandmother, and then they have my mom. And I think to myself, what a terrible, terrible story of this awful, awful fall of these two sisters back in the early 1900s. But at the same time, if that didn't happen, I would not exist. Right. So right. talking about lucky to be alive, we didn't have to deal with in most of our lifetime. I mean, I suppose we could have enlisted, but we, we were never in a conscription or a draft scenario where we had to go fight a battle somewhere. We maybe didn't even fully understand the cause of it. So we're fortunate from that perspective. But just every single one of us, the uh, circumstances of us being here, existing, um, and a lot of things have to happen. A lot of things have to roll the right way, obviously. Yeah. And when, when I have had occasion to talk to them, um, you know, they, they either through these life stories that I'm doing, if the people are old enough, which, which most are, and, and when I bring it up, uh, and, and not just doing these stories, but over my life, when I bring it up and think, well, so what, did, what, what was your job? What did you do? What, what was going on? And nine out of ten of them, Steve, will stop and say, I, I really don't want to talk about that. Right. You know? And that, that for me is very telling. You know, very telling. And, you know, it's like they look at you like, what, what, what do you think? You know, what, what do you think was going on then? And, and they say they don't, they don't want to talk about it. And the other thing, Steve, is, you know, probably when these guys came back from the war too, those who did survive, you know, there was there was probably no one looking after them for post traumatic, uh, you know, stress disorder. I think P- PTSD. Yep. Um, What's that back then, right? Yeah. What is that back then? You know, it's like okay, well, you're back. You know, get to work. You're gonna look after your family. Uh, when when you hear of how people do suffer from PTSD, uh, and then you go, well, what about those guys? You know, what what about those those fellas and women being looked after when they they came but do you, do you think maybe there's a little trauma that went on in their life Good watching Lord. guys get shot you know being shot at friends dying you know um hiding out having to having to having to you know fire a gun at other people i just i i just really can't get my head around it you know but well yeah uh, we're in a time when here now mental health is obviously championed by millions now the whole notion of that and and being willing to talk about it and not being quiet about it back then it was you know it was it was seen as non-manly to be opening up and sharing your emotions and a man coming back from the war would probably be hesitant to do all the things we encourage people to do now talk about it get it out there um you're not alone all those things and to come back from the war and all, all the things they have seen and, and still having the, uh, the old school mentality of, well, I can't talk about this. I can't imagine some of the, the horrors that were going on in people's heads long after the war was over. Well, how about this, Steve? How about, uh, you know, in Hitler's reign, I think, Steve, if I'm not mistaken, you can look it up. I, I think the number is four to six million Jews were uh, killed. I think I, I think it's something like that. Four to six million, uh, you know, perished in in the wake of Adolf Hitler. You know, um, I can't like 
that that to me is just like oh, oh my god you know so six everyone's million. only six million you know we're, we're only you're only you know an arm's length away from you know if, if you know a jewish family or whatever and talk to them and 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 bring up a generation or two back right and you better be prepared to hear about a life that was just unreal you know mm-hmm. just just unbelievable heart-wrenching you know disgusting stuff in auschwitz and ugh, you know i just so that's anyway that's what i think of on remembrance day about how how life was so different for those people and and how 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 we must appear spoiled and self-entitled you know to, oh god to someone yeah. who went through that yeah no doubt yeah, I'm, uh, last night I was getting upset about the Sens losing another game, a hockey game. How trivial is that? You know, you know the other thing, Stevie, that gets me uh, in the gut um, is uh, how do you, you know, how, how do you, how do you possibly? And I know Remembrance Day. I, I, I get it. You know, it's, it's, this is a day. You know, how, how do you possibly look at what happened back then, and and throw on a poppy and jump on social media, you know, and all we can say is thanks a lot for your service. You know, um, when you, when you look at that sacrifice, right. Going, okay. What, is there nothing more I can do? Uh, you know, I, I guess the answer is no. You know, how do, how do we even recognize uh, somebody when, when there's nothing there's nothing we can do, you know, nothing you can do, right? And that that always irks me, you know, uh, when when probably some of these people hear stories of, oh, my God, did you see the mortgage rate went up 1%? You know, the, what, what's this coming to? We had a pandemic. Yeah, you know, all of all of that, right, would pale, would pale in comparison to what. So it's, that, that's always sort of, I almost, I almost think I shouldn't say anything sometimes, you know. I don't know if that's making any sense. You know what I mean? Like... Oh yeah, it's it's like the how vain it feels to say, well, you know, there's been a school shooting, and people get on Twitter and say thoughts and prayers, you know. Yeah, right. All, all, yeah. It, it, it just feels just trite and useless, and almost trivializing the situation yeah. when you do stuff like that. But at the same time, what else? You want to you want to try and be supportive, and it's um, and I, I guess it's a case of if you have a, a veteran in your life, you know. Spend some time with them, buy them something. I don't know. I don't know what the thing yeah. is to do. Or talk to them, right? Or talk to them. And, um, you know, how the, how they came back, you know, from it, Steve. Well, I was talking the other day and, and uh, to someone, and, and, and my parents have a, uh, they're, they're both dead, but my parents had a string of friends, okay, of theirs. When I, when I stopped and looked down, you know, my, my brother was killed tragically, you know, when he was 21. And then my, my parents have had some terrible luck with, I think the other day, Steve, I counted six or seven or eight other parents uh, where, where their child has been lost, you know, died right. accidentally. And um, one, of, one of the things that uh, I remember saying and hearing when my brother died, and I, I think I can compare this to these guys who would have seen people. I just remember saying about three hours after I heard I was sitting on an airplane going, my life will never, ever be the same. Nothing will ever be the same. You know, I was in shock, of course, right? But, but 
And, and I, I, you know, I can't imagine these guys who are in war and watching the, you know, speaking of tragic deaths and watching this, that, that they just must have said, oh my God, what, you know, my, not, nothing, nothing will ever make me forget this. Nothing will ever be normal in my life. You know, it's just not a normal thing to go through uh, that these poor people were, have to sort of venture on, you know, and, and, and come back and, and somehow wrap their head around what they went through mm-hmm. to be able to experience any joy, you know, in the future. So, yeah, uh, I, I can't just relate, really, you can't really relate to it one, one way or the other. You just, I guess the most realistic thing I've ever seen. And then, and, and everybody who's a world war II historian or that were actually survivors of the D-Day landings, the start of saving private Ryan. Like, I think I, I'm, I'm actually, when we get off the show here, I'm actually going to, I think my daughter's, you know, she's, she's in her early twenties now. So I probably wouldn't have showed it to her when she was 12 because it is a violent mm-hmm. scene, but right. I might see, I'm going to, I'm going to text her. I say, you know what? You should watch the opening scene of saving private Ryan, just to have a sense of how horrifying and how scary it is. Yeah. It's like, cause they, they basically, most people would have seen it by now, but they're basically floating in their boat, all these soldiers, and they're floating toward the beach, uh, Omaha, uh, at Normandy. And all of a sudden, the front door of this boat opens up, and immediately they're getting pelted by Nazi gunfire. And right. it's just, you can see, they, they really paint, it's Steven Spielberg, really paint the tension as they float toward the beach. Uh, and it's just, it's the most, I don't know, they, they say that that's, that's probably, if you're going to see one Hollywood scene that realistically portrays what was going on, that would be the one to see. Like, there's even one point where there's a soldier that gets to the beach and his arm has been shot off. And so he's just dazed and in shock. He's got, do I pick up the arm and bring it with me? Do I continue the attack? Do I go back to the boat? I don't know what to mm-hmm. do. Do I leave the arm here? It was just across the board. Um as they say, I th- as I've been told, that it's uh, as realistic as you can get as to what, yeah. what what they had to deal with. The other the other thing, Steve, to 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 think of is, so there are the young men and women, right, who who had to go away. Imagine Steve, uh, being the parents of those kids. You and I are both parents. When they get the call or they get the letter, and and your your son's packing up. Yeah, to go off to war, and you're the mother or, or father of this kid. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine that day, Steve, where he's getting on a bus or an airplane, and you're there at the airport or mm-hmm. or, or wherever, saying, "Okay, we'll we'll talk to you later, son." Real proud of you to to no end, and I I can't think of a I can't think of a parent, Steve, who would say, "I'm," you know. Pride wouldn't be the right word, right? With something like that, I mean, it's just so staggering. You know, I've, I I wonder what these poor parents are saying goodbye, going, you know, realistically, realistically, you know, I, I, I don't. What are the chances of seeing your kid again? You know, just crazy, crazy shit. You know, yeah. That, that uh, so I think of them too today. I remember those parents as well. You know, yeah, I think about. Um... Again, my grandfather had got one of those letters from the war uh, about my uncle Sterling when when he died in uh, in Holland. They had uh, they obviously have to send a telegram over uh, to you know I've got it right here. In fact, 
this is all it was. It was May, May 1st, 1945. Mr. Edmund McLean, Low Quebec. This is how it's written. Regret deeply, 03906 Trooper Sterling Edmund McLean has been officially reported killed in action 25th April 1945. Stop. You should receive further details by mail direct from the unit in the theater of war. Stop. To prevent possible aid to our enemies, do not divulge date of casualty or name of unit. Stop. That's from the director of records. I can't imagine getting a telegraph like that, but that is the exact telegraph my grandfather got on May 1st, 1945. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. You know, and, and the other thing, you know, representing your country, you know, if you're, if you're 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, Steve, you know, and then people are going to look at you going, well, this is the, you know, this is great. Cause you're, you know, you're, you're going on behalf of all Canadians, you know, so where the, the pride is, we can't even put it into words. And you're a kid going, ah, ah I don't want to yeah. go, you know, I can be proud of Canada. I, what do you mean? I got to go fight. But just uh, anyway, you can tell I'm sort of lost for words, you know, with this thing. But uh, yeah, I just so thankful, right, for for what the life that we have. All right. Well, the show went in a different direction than we expected. Uh, it, I basically we didn't even talk about talking about Remembrance Day before the show started. I just mm-hmm. glanced, as I always do, at the date and brought it up in the intro, and then off we went. Um, Anyway, thank you again to all our great veterans, and uh, we'll take a time out of the program. Back with more after these words. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle, you want to make sure it's reliable, not breaking down all the time, particularly as the colder weather looms. Well, check out Jim K. Ford, your Ottawa-certified pre-owned Ford dealer. At Jim K., they stand behind all the vehicles they sell. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty on your vehicle? That's a good deal. Uh, How about a history report of the vehicle? Low purchase financing rates, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That's the peace of mind every buyer is looking for, and Jim K. Ford delivers. JimKFord.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Everyone knows that to get the best price on home and auto insurance, you have to shop around. But who really wants to do that? With access to all kinds of insurance markets, not only can I get you the best price, but I'll also make sure that you get full value for your money. Call me, I'm Jer Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. And if you're looking to sell your home or maybe in the market, buy a home that better suits you and your family, well, the Glen Walton Real Estate Team can help. Glenn helped me sell a home a couple of years ago and provided a great painter, cleaner, and even bought new ceiling lights, all to make sure the home was looking its best on picture day and for the open house, and it's all part of his services, and as well a $500 gift card to any store as a closing gift from Glenn to his buyers who list with Glenn and his team. Visit glennwalton.com. All right, let's call it quits there. And uh, any uh, any final thoughts? We got uh, Yellowstone happening this weekend, NFL football, the Sens in action. It's a fine time to be a sports fan. What are you up to this weekend, James? Well, uh, Stevie, yes, sir? Um, my Oilers weren't very good. No. They got, they got lit up for seven there last Jack night. Jack Campbell uh, ain't the answer, is he? No, well, yeah, that's what everyone's freaking about. Your sins aren't very good. Seven straight uh, losses. Yeah, yikes. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I might write a letter, Steve, and, and, and complain, jump on some talk show. No, nah, I'm, I, I, I'm not doing that. Have you ever called a talk show, Steve? 
You ever Called phoned it? in or you were probably always hosting one. You never had to. Yeah. I, I remember doing it when I was, uh, when I was just a kid, the first time the senators, almost, I mean, the first time Ottawa almost got an NHL team, there was some talk that the Colorado Rockies, when they were looking for a new home, they of course ended up with New Jersey to be the devils, right. but they were kicking around the idea that maybe Ottawa would be in the mix, blow out one of the walls in the Nepean sportsplex. And so as a little kid, I'd be about 13 at this stage. I phone up Lowell Green, and uh, I'm really excited. Aren't you guys worried a little bit about you know the future of the 67s, though? And Lowell Green shot me down dead. Just yeah. like, who cares about the 67s? We're talking NHL hockey here. Get out of here, kid. So yeah. that was the only time I ever called into a sports radio talk show. <laughs> yeah, I remember, phoning, I remember phoning into a news show here years ago, uh, like once. And, and thinking, I've got something to add on this conversation. I, I don't think it was a sports deal. It was a news show, uh, you know, a call-in show. And I remember saying, I think I have something to, something to add and phoned in. And, I, you know, they answered and put me on hold and said, okay, you're up in two more calls or whatever. I was, I was kind of nervous. Uh-huh. And, and, and when I got on, you know, I thought, this will, you know, I'm going to generate some talk here, Steve, with the angle that I have on this thing. And I remember maybe maybe speaking for about, I don't know, 15 or 20 seconds, Steve, to make my point or get to the question. Mm-hmm. And the, the host was a, a girl, and I just remember going, oh, okay, thanks. I don't think that's what we're talking about today. Anyway, let's move along to another caller. <laughs> wow. Oh, just yeah, it was, flicked. Yeah, see you later, you know. See yeah. you later. Yeah, I just, well... And, you know, never phoned another one, Steve. Never phoned another one after that. Yeah. You'd think you'd have more sympathy than when you became a talk radio host and all the goofballs you called in. Uh, I was really good to those people, Steve. Some of them, some of them, yeah. but some, <laughs> occasionally you did not suffer fools gladly. Who was that guy who hated me, Steve? I remember there was just a, one, one of the guys. Well, let me get the list. Me. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Never step on a guy's punchline, Steve. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll see you. <laughs>